0: There's another side to good health and that's good mental health it's been really cool getting to know you in new york for the last couple months while i've been there and getting to play golf with you and getting to eat really good food with you and watch you work from afar as well so we're we're excited to have you on the
1: proverbial couch tonight yeah, this is like you—you you guys are incredible. Like, I—I I literally got a text an hour ago from Matt, Connor, um, our our buddy Matt, who um, who came with us to Innis. He was like, "Yeah, I love like I've really been like diving into group golf therapy. Like, I love it." And I texted him the calendar invite on my phone. I was like, "Well, pay attention to the next episodes. I got something coming for you." You <laughs> might might want to tap in. Why
0: don't we start with like where golf started for you, Richard? Because I know it's relatively relatively new in your life you're still you're you're grinding out there
1: yeah i was not a um i was not a golf kid i wish i was a golf kid now that i am an obsessed golf adult i i started playing in college in the kind of like you know beer a hole kind of golfer mm. um the the summer that i started the university of florida's golf course uh was being renovated so there were like no tea boxes but you could play like a, you know, 5,500 uh, or like 5,000 yard, basically, you know, college golf course. And so we go around, mess around. Um, and I took a, they called them leisure courses in Florida. So you could take cooking, bartending, whatever. I took golf because I was interested. I've always been a massive sports fan. I grew up playing the video game and watching Tiger Woods like the rest of us. And so, uh, you know, it was one of those things where I was watching golf and I was like, oh, this is interesting. And, you know, maybe maybe I'll try it. Um, I got a set of clubs from a friend who didn't really play and got them from somebody else. So these kind of like third hand clubs that were not bad Um, Mm -hmm. and just kind of, you know, went around, hacking around, drinking beer and hanging out and then did that for a few years, played every now and then, whatever, moved to Connecticut uh, for a, a brief spell when I was working for ESPN and it played up there because I was alone didn't know anybody and like pretty much hated my life
0: I feel like that's not a rare story either no, <laughs> for, no, no, for, no. for that part of, for Bristol Connecticut
1: um I I but I, I played up there when the weather was nice enough to play and you know so it's it's just a it was a very casual relationship with the game and then the pandemic happened and like many of us you know, what else are you going to do? I stayed in New York city the whole time. I started kind of going to five iron. I started taking a couple lessons and then you start to get your swing on video. And I just am still obsessed is the word. Like it's, Mm -hmm. there's, there is no other word for it. Um, it's, Mm -hmm. it is not just like a casual thing to me. Like I stopped drinking on the golf course for the most part, um, last year, <laughs> for the most part, um, la- last year, yeah, Connor's called bullshit on that. Um, I, I, stopped mostly drinking, uh, drinking on the golf course last year because I just, I just wanted to be like in it. Um, I find the personal competition aspect of the game equal parts maddening and just mentally stimulating. Like I, I find myself in a in a good way, like tired after playing a game of golf because like that that meme where you're like, man, I really thought like shit for the last four hours. Like I, I like I, I, I have only recently in the last few months gotten to a point where I feel like I can legitimately kind of think my way around a golf course and kind of sort of three, four or five holes play it in a way that like the architect kind of designed it. In. You know what I mean? Like it, it, that sort <laughs> yeah. of way. Um, I, 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 find, found, find that a lot of my time was spent really like beating myself up for not playing in air quotes. Well, like, I'm not talking about like scratch but I'm talking about like, you know, I Thinkable. should, yeah. Like I should be like, low nineties, you know what I mean? Kind of golfer. Um, right. I, I, I would find myself a lot of the time, like honestly, like embarrassed because when you have a passion that everybody kind of, you know, all the people in your life kind of know is your passion, know is your thing. And you still really suck at it. Like that's embarrassing. Like I, right. like I, I do not did not, and do not like, I don't have fun. When I play like shit, like bad, mm. like that is mm. not fun for me. Like fun mm. for me is yes. It's nice to be outside with your friends. Daddy, yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. But like, it's fun to fucking play. Well, man, it, it, it's yeah. fun to like, <laughs> it's fun to see a shot in your mind and hit it and see it, do what you want it to do. Like I, like I will literally, I don't know if I'll ever forget. There was a shot on when me and Connor went to Innis. And the result of the shot was not even good, but it was that uphill par three where I like made, yeah. I like joked with the two like young groundskeepers, like who the fuck put the pin on this pole, but I, <laughs> which you could
0: have, which you could have said for every single hole, frankly. absolutely.
1: but I, I like, I saw it in my mind mm-hmm. and I was like, Hey, I need to cut, I need to cut this ball and I need to bring it in from the left. And it's, it, you know, it's going to, that's where the pin is. And I did exactly what I wanted to do the ball did not end up where I, I wanted to go because Rob Collins is an evil genius. And that's another story. But like that, like feeling is just so like, it is intoxicating. There's, there, I, there's nothing, there's nothing in my life that I have. I don't know if this is sad or not. There's nothing in my life that I have that is like the feeling of like flushed con like contact and just like, mm-hmm. All right, let's go hit another one. And and it's just, I don't know. I I just have fallen in love with the game in a very different way over the last two ish years that I've really come to enjoy in a, in a very different way. I don't know. Like I, I'm married to the game, I guess. <laughs> I,
2: I one thing that I I really like that you said is playing golf well is fun, and playing golf shitty is not fun because. I feel like for like myself, I it's it's just like, yeah, when you pl- if, if golf, if I wasn't good at golf, I wouldn't like playing. And that makes me feel like an asshole saying that mm. because, <laughs> you know, you, you, you got with like the average Joe that's just like hacking away out there that it takes him 10, 10 shots to get to the green and he's like laughing and having a good time. And I'm like, how, like, why do you do this to yourself? Like, how, yeah, like, how I, are you enjoying this? I miss
1: it? that. Yeah. Like, I miss being able to do that. And, and to be fair, like, I, I actually, I played on Sunday and I was, fellas, I was so hungover on Sunday morning. <laughs> the, like, I was like looking down at like multiple golf balls, like, holy shit. Um, I, but I, I and I, I didn't really play very well on Sunday morning. And I really, I actually had... It was one of the times recently that I can say I actually had fun, even though I didn't play very well. And that's kind of like a full circle moment for me. Um, you know, it was kind of like, you know, I, I put in all this work and, you know, I've got videos on my on my phone of me in my apartment, you know, avoiding a, a, a light fixture, taking hacks in my apartment, um, like <laughs> working on this swing. And for God's sakes, can this thing get shallow and I cannot stop coming over the top and my hips do not clear and yada, yada, yada. And, but like, I was out on Sunday and I was, I was with a couple guys who I had, who I'd been talking to and they were, it was a really great conversational day. And I, you know, a a few holes in, I was just like, man, I feel terrible. I like have to keep it together so I can like, you know, have a, have a a cogent conversation with these people, like whatever, let's slap the ball around a little bit more. And so that was actually kind of like a, a really cool experience for me that I've had actually really, really recently, but I'm playing Sunday and, Boys, we're going
0: low. You're coming for throats. Yeah,
1: I'm
3: curious. Somebody like yourself, who who is a sports media expert, I'll call you. <laughs> um, did you grow up playing other sports? How did you find them in comparison to golf? Because that opus that you gave us, that that ode, mm-hmm. that love letter to golf, that you that you kind of opened with, I feel like I would find other folks like like jalen rose for example or Hmm. tony romo in football you know what i mean like those guys can speak as passionately about their respective sports given that they they grew up playing it and you know they obviously played at a high level and like that's a part of their lives but i feel like the passion with which you just delivered all that is akin to someone like that who spent so much time in that game however it came into your life later Right. And so I'm like, where, where's that connection? How did, why, how, and why did it strike you so deep?
1: I think it's just the time, like the time you put in and the payoff of improvement. I am not a very process driven person. I, I, try to be in some aspects i try to be with writing i try to be with with work i try to be especially when you're around football especially when you're around college football and this guy that's the greatest coach of all time preaches process-driven thinking you know Mm -hmm. every single day or every single time you hear him speak so you know i understand that process-driven thinking is kind of uh, the benefits to it i should say golf is you know besides probably writing is the thing that I think you can get lost in the process with. And I have, I am. Um, I, it, you know, focus on the process, pay attention to the process and the results will come and you have to grasp onto the results. You know, and I think for some of us and, and myself included, the the shots that always keep us coming back, that's part right. of results. You know what I mean? Um, I do not ever count my score up through nine holes because the game's not played through nine well unless you're playing nine holes the game's not played through nine holes it's played through 18. Mm-hmm. Like I I want to know what the score is at the end of 18. And so golf because it is just so like time and you know effort intensive for some of us who are not naturally gifted with the game, um digging into the process, putting the time in, you know, the YouTube swing videos, um mm-hmm. lessons from a mutual pal is breed, all these things that you put into it. And, and I also, I think being it me and me and Connor were talking on the way home and he actually said something interesting when he was like, he Connor was like, I don't like to practice. I just rather go out and play. Mm-hmm. Well, I live in a place where we live in a place where you can't just go play.
0: It's impossible. Like it's oh, at,
1: like sorry. it's a f- I, I, it's a production like I'm playing on Sunday with some friends and we got the tea time on Monday. It's a great word for it. Yes, it is like, a production. It's it's you have to plan ahead and you know what I mean? And and God yeah. knows, you know, whatever foursome you're trying to put together, everybody's got plans or somebody's out of town or whatever. Yeah. So I also think that's kind of one of the ways that I kind of fell fell backwards into into that the process of it because you kind of have to when you live in new york city right. and and rounds take five and a half hours and it takes an hour and a half to get to the course on the train and like
0: so if you're putting all of that time into going to go play you want to make the most of it exactly. you want it to be successful and you want it to be goal driven and result driven not oh, i'm out here just like swinging around because it's just another day in the park it's not
1: <laughs> and it also costs seventy bucks, you know what I mean? Like I, like right. right. I, like, mm. gone are the days where I lived on campus and could roll out of bed and go to Bostic. like that that doesn't exist anymore. And so I think that has also kind of driven me into the process of things. I uh, to answer the actual question, I, I played football when I was a kid through high school was not very good. There were no, No college aspirations, no pro aspirations. That was not happening. But I loved, always loved sports, always knew I wanted to, I always knew what I wanted to do. I was never, uh, never wavered. I always knew that I wanted to be in media, be in news or sports. The only really deviation I took was when I started college, I thought I wanted to do TV. I then started writing, fell in love with writing and went really whole hog into writing as like my professional focus. So in college, I, I covered the Gator, I went to the University of Florida, I covered the Gators um, in a beat capacity as a junior and a senior in college, um, and, and all that kind of stuff. So I was always around football. I played a little bit of baseball in middle school. wasn't very good. Didn't really like it. And and so football has really kind of always had my heart, which is what happens when you grow up in an sec town and you grow up going to college football games and all that kind of stuff. So it's just, it's just really the way I grew up. I mean, I didn't know people did things on Saturdays in the fall that were not tailgating and going to the games (laughs) until i graduated college because i went to florida went to the the university in the town i am from so it's Mm -hmm. it's it is still weird to me to look outside my apartment saturdays in the fall when i'm when i'm working when i'm when i'm watching games or what have you and see people you know going about their lives and and going about their days with a baguette, in the, in going baskets. to the park, yeah, like <laughs> it's, uh, it doesn't happen.
3: <laughs>
0: so, as as somebody who is still <clears throat> exploring this new world, this um, that people spend so much time on, that people dedicate their entire weeks, months, years, lives to. you're you said something earlier that like you're not naturally gifted at golf. I would push further and say nobody is mm-hmm. like nobody's born with a golf swing. A golf swing is a weird physical movement. Some people start when they're three years old and are, you know, get it drilled into them earlier. Some people start when they're 30 and have to start from scratch that way. So as someone who's in this world, still pretty in a, in a new level, when you're, when you're turning your head and looking around on, on the golf course, what are some observations that you have? And, and, you know, even looking back to our day at Ennis, like how are you seeing the world of golf through the lens of a golfer now? Hmm. What's, what are some, what are some things that are bubbling to the surface for you?
1: Hmm. That's, I, I, that's a hell of a question. I like, that's a hell of a question. I like, I, I think I see it. The, the funniest thing for me is to talk to Golf kids, former golf kids, um, yeah. and and when you grow up in the game, like junior tournaments every weekend, and you know what I mean, like it, mm-hmm. it when you, that has just been very interesting to me. Um, I cannot. Maybe it'll happen one day, but I cannot imagine falling out of love with golf right now. Like I cannot imagine like not being like I have, I have hated golf at some points in time and i have not i have not I, I have gone had a shitty round and not felt like going on instagram because everything i follow more or less is golf accounts like i've hated golf <laughs> but i i think that's kind of different from apathy towards golf like i yes. don't know yeah. if I and mean, maybe it'll happen maybe i'll have a child and you know have different possibility uh uh different responsibilities in the future, but like apathy toward golf right now is not something that I, and, and our, our buddy Reed who went with us to Ennis, like you, you were joking the whole weekend about trying to get him back in love with golf because he's, he's apathetic yes. to our golf after being a golf kid. And after being a college golfer, like I like big time I I'd, apathy toward golf, like doesn't like, I don't know how that works. And so that has been very interesting hmm. to me. Um It's been interesting to me. The, um, And, and this is part of the reason why I think I have not, um, part of the, my, my friends in golf media, um, if anybody listens to shotgun start, which is literally, I listen to every episode of shotgun start. I used to work with Brendan when we were at SB nation, but my friends in golf media, looking at them and seeing them, you guys, especially like I, like I have kind of held back on diving into a golf media prong to my career because i've right. already made one passion a job a very consuming job yeah and golf has been a very nice sports outlet and i know that i can never and do not ever look at football the same way as other people especially mm-hmm. college football i can't mm-hmm. do that i just i know too much about it i'm in it too deep And golf, I kind of am in this spot where I don't want, I don't know if I want to get there yet. I don't know if I want to, like, I went to the U S open last weekend and I was in hospitality with my girlfriend's dad and and her brother. And that was awesome. It was great. I was outside of the ropes and I was drinking and I was sitting in the grandstand fan. fan. And I ran into, like, I was talking to Alan Shipnuck a little bit. I was talking to Brendan. Like I, I, met up with a couple of my golf media people who were inside the ropes. And I was like, kind of sucks trying to follow a golf tournament when you're not either inside the ropes or watching it on TV. And I hadn't been to, I hadn't been to a golf tournament in four or five years. And I forgot about yeah. that. I forgot what it's like to be on the grounds, but not inside the ropes or watching it on television. And it's, it's one of those things like, you know, honestly, what's the easiest way for me to go to the masters? It's with the media credential. Cover it. <laughs> Cover it, honestly. Like, yeah. and I, you know, there were, there were conversations about that between me and some editorial people at Sports Illustrated that didn't end up coming to fruition last year, or this, this most recent masters. And, you know, I sit here and I say all this, but I know that I'm probably gonna run it by them again to try to go next year as, you know, as yes, a member should. of the media. Yes, And so, you know, when you work in something, you don't get to enjoy it, obviously the way you used to in air quotes. And so I, I, I have kind of fought that with golf, um, you know, because I know that my friends in golf do not get to play as much golf as they otherwise would like to. I
2: think there's some wisdom there in trying to keep that sacred and trying to, keep the the separation of church and state between an, a hobby passion and your career. Um, I, I think so. I was one of those golf kids growing up. I was, I played competitively in high school and college and golf was like my life in high school. Like I was a golfer. That was my identity. And I was actively pursuing golf as a career, whether it was um, a teaching pro or you know, sales for like a a club manufacturer, like, cause that's all I knew back then. I didn't think about media as a pursuit, but uh, the reason why I didn't pursue that was because so many people in the golf industry said, if you love golf, don't make it your job. (laughs) And, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, we, Brad, Connor and I have all famously taken a time away from golf and it's really interesting for us to be coming back doing this as, you know, this isn't our full-time job yet but it is something that we're very actively involved in 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 golf media and and golf the golf landscape so i think mm-hmm. it's really interesting that uh you know while this is a very new passion and and it's it's very hot and heavy for you i think it's you know there is a lot of wisdom in in not making it more of your career at the at at this moment
0: yeah is there is there a cautionary, cautionary tale for you there richard with football with college football with gator football obviously you grew up in gainesville a lifelong day one gators fan now to be you know i know firsthand you disappear when it's college football (laughs) season you're not watching college football games as a fan you're watching them to see what the storylines are you're on twitter every day you're 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 fully fully consumed with it and by it and i'm curious is there a a cautionary tale you can spin for anybody including maybe us about potentially doing that with golf or or anything that you're passionate about you
1: like the biggest thing for me is you have to find touch zones and hold on to them so one of my football touchstones, funny enough is the fucking jacksonville jaguars man like just <laughs> like a, a legitimately terrible football team sports franchise that for three hours on my weekend when my weekends are my weekends are nuts during the season it's 12 hours of watching on Saturday it's waking up at 6 a.m. on Sunday morning to figure out what you missed recording a podcast a TV production meeting call making reporting calls all that kind of stuff but for three hours I and sometimes I'm on the phone. Sometimes I'm doing other things, but I make it a point to watch the Jaguars for three hours. And there's red zone on a second TV sometimes or whatever. But I watch the Jags every week, and I scream at the TV when they're getting smacked. And you know, I, I have been on calls with sources where I have to mute the phone because something has happened. Like I like I Byron you j- left with you motherfucker. I know like. <laughs> <laughs> you have to, you have to try to keep a touchdown. I, I took my girlfriend to a Gator game last year and didn't cover it. I went in the stands and I took her to, uh, they Florida played Alabama. Alabama was number one, Three thirty game, uh, not college game day, but the sec networks version of college game day it was in town. Like I wanted her to see it and feel it and understand this is why you don't see me for three months. Like, this is what I do. Mm -hmm. This is where I'm from. She'd been to Gainesville with me before, but she'd never been to a game with me. And so I took her to a game and I got to see it through her eyes. And I got to see it through, you know, because I stopped going to games as a fan when I was a sophomore in college. Like I stopped tailgating with my friends and, and, you know, my fraternity brothers when I was a sophomore in college, like I like, you know, I, I was working and have been doing And, and, you know, after college when I was in this job or that job, I'd gone to a, a couple Gator games. Um, mm-hmm. But I hadn't really been like that as a fan since 20, probably 2018, I think. Um, and so that was really great. And, and I, I, I had a boss, a former boss of mine who we only worked together for one season, but in that one season I went to two Gator games and that was like by his, he was like, I want you to go, I want every everybody on our staff, I want you to go to one game a season as a fan so that you remember it um, mm-hmm. and you remember what it's like and, and all that kind of stuff. So when you're in it, like, you know, you have to find things to ground you to mm-hmm. why you love this thing, why you do it. Um, you know, I, I will, the way I love football will always be different but I still love it. It's just a different way to interface with it. But there is something important about every now and then going back to where you came from and, and, and in a sense. And that's why like that's that's why that experience is really fun for me. And I'm, I'm hoping crossing fingers to be able to do it again this year, not in Gainesville, probably in Knoxville. When they go up to, to Tennessee. But doing that again, it's, it's something that I try to do. Hopefully we'll try to do every year.
3: That, that is really, really good. Um, for those that don't know about SEC football, um, the Paul Feinbaum show.
0: <laughs> if you know, just you look, know. At, just look at RJ's Twitter cover photo. <laughs> That's all you need to know.
3: Um, I I, I want to paint the picture without spoiling it, but Paul Feinbaum is uh, the unofficial official voice of the sec which is a i I guess that's a a good title for him um (laughs) anyway show's been on the air for five ever um and richard i just i'm curious as to how you ended up in his
0: seat and walk (laughs) us through (laughs) that phone call
3: he's like the elder
1: he's like gandalf for he it's it's incredible, um, Paul. So Paul's studio, and for the listeners, I—I I, Paul started the SEC. Just about. Um, I host I host a television show on the SEC network during the season, um, and Paul's studio is right next to ours. Like I see Paul like once a week during the season, and we say hi to each other. Paul is fascinating when he's not on the mic. Um, it's very funny because he does play something of a character. On the show, even though that character is kind of the straight man, because he has to be because the callers are batshit. Um, and, and, you know, if, and if you have, I mean, just go on YouTube and Google Paul Feinbaum craziest callers. I'm sure you'll see the the sizzle reel on there. Um, but so my our, our bosses at um, at the SEC Network called me and my my TV co-host like the Friday before Innis. Or Thursday before Innis, before we went to Innis, and was like, hey, can you guys come host a show? And I was like, no, because I'm getting back to New York City at midnight on Sunday night. Like, not I'm not. This weekend. not no, this weekend. Not I cannot. This weekend. I cannot wake up at six in the morning to get on a plane to host a four hour radio show on live television. No. I've got a tournament to win. I've got a tournament to win, which we did yes. just, which we I don't didn't. want anybody else. Uh, yeah. I haven't brought let's, that up let's yet. Let's
0: revisit that. Let's revisit that after the, after the, yeah, yeah we'll we're get gonna let to y'all flex. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so I, um, yeah, so, so I, I flew down and did it w- with Spencer. It was, it was an incredible, it was a bucket list thing. Like it's wild to sit in that chair and do that show. And I know the guys who do, you know, the, the, the camera and stuff like that cause they work on our show too. And so they're really cool. Um, I, I did not, I I took for granted, um, how hard it is. Honestly, it's difficult. It, it is difficult to be sort of air traffic controller for those callers, for those people. I kind of have a thing on my, you know, on the phone that says this person's calling in from this place and they want to talk about Nick Saban. And you're like, all right, right, pop them on. And then you talk, but you do not know. You have no idea what they're going to talk about. And I hosted I hosted a talk radio show in college. I'm kind of used to it, but there's nothing to prepare you for. There is a community of callers that that show has had for for two decades, damn near. Um, if not more, that is just incredible. And I, like I took for granted how much the callers like sniped at each other. Like that was the thing that I really was not ready for going in. Um, you know, I'm, I'm ready for you to call Nick Saban and you know what, but, but the guy who called an hour ago that I may have forgotten, probably like I did not register, you know, that, 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 that is something that they would do. Um, I hadn't, I, I used to listen to Feinbaum actually pretty religiously when I was in college, but I, you know, I, I don't really anymore. I just, I, I pop on a show sometimes, uh, you know, every month or so when they, when they give me a call but it was really interesting it was a really fun experience and and one of the things my uh my buddy Charles McDonald who uh who works for underdog fantasy right now he he was in charlotte his parents live in charlotte and i like we brought him on for a guest spot in studio and that was a thing for me that i'll really never forget because this success that i'm having when when i worked at sb nation my first job real job in sports media after, you know, a cup of coffee at SBN, I came up with, there, there's a group of us. There's just a group of us that covered a bunch of different sports and we're at SB Nation, all relatively the same age and Charles was one of them. And so as we've all gotten older, a couple of us have dropped out of sports, gone to law school. I co-host a podcast with one of them. You know, and we've all gone our, our separate ways as we all start, started, uh, you know, getting older. But the success that I'm having... Bringing the people along with you that were there with you when it started and when you started, like that is so cool to me. And so that like being able to have Charles with me on the Feinbaum show, the first time he's been on national television, you know, as my friend, like that was something that that's kind of just low key, like is really, really cool and and something that I, I don't think I'll ever forget.
0: Something I love about talking to you, Richard, is like we both work in sports media, but it's evident that we work in such different capacities. Like you're 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 so a like way more professional and established than, than me. <laughs> I don't know about that, <laughs> but but no, but like you know, you you cover college football. You you cover the SEC. You cover a very specific realm that that talks about. Scouting and and reporting and playmakers and QB ratings and all and very very specific data driven um, and source driven material, and the three of us are are talking about you know we don't cover the PGA Tour we don't cover the the Corn Ferry Tour we don't cover the LPGA Tour we talk about the culture of golf and even maybe even one step removed from that right um, so it's always very interesting to me when people ask what we do. And I say, we work in golf and they say, Oh, you know, do you cover the PGA tour? No. So what is it? (laughs) But you have dabbled in, in the culture of sports and specifically the culture of golf. And I was hoping you might be able to run us through a little bit about your article essay that you wrote for the golfers journal. Um, which is the first time that I heard about you. Um, I read your, your piece in golfer's journal and I, th- a complicated affair um, talking about your relationship with watching Tiger Woods. Um, and I was hoping, cause that is such a departure from your normal work. I was hoping you could run us through what that piece was about and, you know, your relationship with writing that article and, and the choice that you made to, to take that other avenue.
1: Yeah, I was, so this was the point in time when I was freelance um, between SB Nation and, and SI. And um, I had written about Tiger after he won the Masters in 2019. I wrote about Tiger and his mother um, for SB Nation. Um, it's it's still up, I mean, you can Google it. Um, I, I, like anybody else of any golf age, I'm obviously fascinated by Tiger. Um, and I had the, the, the good guys at, at golfer's journal, I had gotten to know them a little bit and I had pitched them. I don't even remember what the initial pitch was because golfer's journal, like you guys is more the culture of sport of the sport. And so they, they actually don't really take things at all really that are current to what's happening on the tour or what have you. It's not really their thing. Um, Part of that also is because they have actually the most insane, like the publication production process right. I've ever heard of. Um, it's actually incredible. Um, it's like nine months with lead cycles. It's wild. And so part of it is by necessity. Travis, who who does editorial, the conference journal was like, yeah, dude, we like, we can't take anything current because it's outdated by the time the magazine comes out. And then I, I remember I was sitting on my front porch in Florida and I was I was I was like, I don't know what to write. Like, I don't know. It's supposed to be a personal essay about golf. And I don't know what I'm supposed to write. And then Tiger Woods got a fucking car crash. And I literally like, obviously, that day, there was a point in time where we thought he was actually dead. Um, And, right. and you know, in the way that I'm sure anybody listening to this can relate, you know, Tiger Woods makes people feel about this sport who are in it out of it don't care about it objectively hate it like it, it just the man is the sun moon and stars of the sport mm-hmm. and so i i the best quote is like he doesn't move the needle he is the needle mm-hmm. and i i remember i pitched it to him i was like all right what you know can we do something with this and travis was like yeah like i'm interested so so being a being a black golfer you are always going to have a, I don't want to use the word relationship because I've never met him, but you're always gonna. There's always gonna be this link to Tiger, and the the crux of that piece is that I think that Tiger failed Earl's mission to change the world to whatever it is, you know, the things that Earl said prophetically about what Tiger's impact was going to be on race relations outside of golf, all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, it's not Tiger's fault that he didn't mm-hmm. because it is folly to have one person be the arbiter for their own gender, race, whatever, you know, classification people are complicated. Groups of people are complicated. It was never Tiger's, Uh, I don't think it was ever Tiger's responsibility in actuality. And Tiger did not pursue that as he became a brand, um, as he, you know, as he tried to, as much as he could, you know, stay sort of neutral towards race relations. Obviously, you know, Tiger talks about the elder. He talks about being the first black person to win the Masters, all that kind of stuff. It's not like he doesn't interface with it, but, you know, first of all, it's fucking golf. So, you know, how much activism are we really going to get in in the pro golf space? But it's sort of getting at this relationship with, (laughs) there's a word that there's a word that me and Bradford know for black people like tiger. And I'm not really going to use it right now, but (laughs) uh, there's a word that I think if you are not charitable to tiger and who he is and, and what he's done you would call him that. And, and so I have this very complicated, the word is complicated, feeling about Tiger. I am a fan of Tiger Woods, the athlete. Um, I think he, I, I know he's lived this just batshit life, like just an insane like life. Um, there are things that obviously he put himself and the people around him through um you know there are there are things that when you look at how he was raised and and all that kind of stuff you sort of wonder to an extent did he have a chance did he have a chance to form a normal relationship with a woman no like did he have a chance to form a normal relationship with like friends he's a very awkward person he's a very introverted person by by nature then you stick him in this you know this this monkish you know activity and and he becomes the best ever and he becomes loaded famous and all this kind of stuff and then you saddle him fairly or unfairly with being the arbiter for an entire race specifically black people that have a specific link to the game of golf you know like it's not like Mm -hmm. tiger is asian but he's not a hundred percent Asian. You know what I mean? Like when you look at tiger, tiger is black, even though obviously cablin Asian and that whole fiasco way back in the day. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's, it's just, it's just, you know, it, it's, he's just a, a fast, endlessly fascinating person. And writing about that was, was interesting because it's like, how do I relate to this person? Like, I know, like, yeah, Brad, you this was a, like a while ago. You mentioned, Uh, like playing with your dad and like the board of deacons, like at your church, like that's how you grew up playing the game of golf. And like, I don't have a like black experience in golf. Like I have Mm -hmm. friends who are black that play. I have been paired with the odd brother here and there. And Brad, I know, you know, going in the course, seeing the one other black guy in the driving range, giving the nod and everybody knows the score. Mm -hmm. But, like, I am very jealous of that. Like, I have never played in a black foursome. Like, that is mm. something that I am very, like, that'd be fucking cool. It's an experience. You know what I mean? Like It's an experience, man. Yeah. Four of us just out here. You know what I'm talking about? Like, in, yes. in this game, <laughs> in, in this game, this is not football. Right. This is not basketball. Like, it's this game. Um, right. And, and so all of that, I, I tried to sort of weave into this story about Tiger and and you know, link myself to him. And, and, you know, it took me back to like actually not rooting for him Um, and, and, and rooting for of all people, Chris DeMarco, because Chris DeMarco Mm -hmm. went to Florida the year (laughs) that Chris DeMarco went to Florida, played golf at Florida. And the year that Tiger chipped in on 16, Chris DeMarco was in the group and finished second. And I was on my couch rooting for Chris DeMarco because I was like 12 and I was, and I, you know, (laughs) I knew of tiger, but I was like, tiger wins all the time. I'd love for this gator guy to win. And you know, it's funny. And then, you know, just go on Chris DeMarco's Twitter account and see how things have changed for him. Um, so it's, it's, it was interesting and it was an interesting piece to write. Um, and you know, I, I read the biography that the unauthorized biography that the HBO documentary is like based on, um, and like a lot of things, I went back and looked at and read a lot of things from tiger's past, Um, and all that kind of stuff to try to form a a, a cogent story. And I think it turned out pretty well, but that was just an interesting like, creative process and it was really fun.
0: This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, the online therapy platform that the three of us use. I use it religiously and it's led to a great relationship with a therapist that I have from anywhere in the country.
2: We love it because you can pick and choose someone just like dating, but even better since this is such a a very personal time commitment and position that you're putting yourself in. And you can take 10% off your first month of therapy using our link. And if you use code GGT at checkout, that will activate that 10% off your first
3: month, courtesy of Group Golf Therapy
0: and BetterHelp. Go to betterhelp.com slash GGT for 10% off your first month of service. Hit him straight, mind your golf, and stay tuned for our Better Help moment of clarity later in this episode. You you were uh talking about you know
3: kind of how Tiger identifies. And for I, I think there's several different ways that people kind of like look at Tiger and dissect him and like want to scapegoat his other ethnicities and say you know well he he never even really all the way claimed being black look at how the fucking cops treated him sure every time Mm -hmm. that's how you know how tiger is seen and how he presents in this world look at how the police treated him look at how you idiots that go to these these uh tournaments with posters and his his mugshot on your t-shirt. Look at how y'all yeah. are treating him. Yeah. That's how he identifies.
1: There's also a notion of like, I am a black man who grew up in pretty much exclusively white spaces. Like I did not grow up on the bad side of town. Like I did not, you know what I mean? Like I went to like the good schools and then, you know, I went to a I went to a college that's four percent black, I think. And and you know I, I I'm in this sport where the sports media uh, segment of sports media I should say um, that is, you know, inherently very white. Um, and, and so I, I understand and get Tiger in the sense of just being a black man in pretty much exclusively white spaces, particularly yeah. in the South. I know he's from California, but particularly in the South. Like, I, I, I get that. I understand how to navigate that. Like, I, I mm. it is just the way I was raised. And so in that respect, I, I get it. And in that respect, there is a little bit of a link and a little bit of empathy. Um, you know, I, I think when you are I think O.J. pre-murder was a lot <laughs> like this, too. Like, there is a there is a there is a um You know, that that phrase where OJ says, I'm not black, I'm OJ like for black people of a very certain, you know, needle threading thing that wealth, you know, how you present all that kind of stuff. You don't you don't all the way get to transcend race because nobody does, but you can come pretty close. And I think if anybody's come pretty close, it's Tiger. Um,
3: Oh, yeah. He's he's on the um, I'll I'll put him on the Mount Rushmore, but he takes up probably two, three heads. Yeah. And and, and so
1: (laughs) there's just so much there, man. There's so much to unpack with him as a human being and as a person and, and as a golf icon for as both a golf icon and not a golf icon, I guess if that makes sense. Yeah. And you know, I think everybody's been on the golf course. You've hit a good shot and, and you know, your buddy or your friend is like, uh, like, okay, tiger, I see you. But like, <laughs> then when you're on the range and someone says it to you and you're black, it hits a little different. And it's like, it does. huh. Mm. So it's just, there's a lot. There's a lot.
2: I, I think it's interesting that you bring, you kind of bring that up. Um, golf is, one of the few sports where there, there's this like code switching that you need to do no matter if you're a person of color or if you're uh, a, a cis straight white person um, there are, you know, it, golf is the, is a space where you can feel on the outside, no matter who you are, no matter how you identify, no matter what you look like, it's, it, it can make you feel really small really quickly. And, it you know whether it's tiger whether it's us it, it there's there's these things that you need to do to survive to to feel safe to feel like you're able to just be yeah. be there just be present and and exist and it has and and sometimes it has nothing to do with race or or religion or 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 gender orientation it it just has to do with do you know the rules of golf do you know where to stand? Do you know what to say? Do you know how to dress? Do you know, you know, it's there's all these unspoken things in this game that we play that um, that that to me are terrifying if I didn't know them. And even though I do know yeah. them and I've I've been playing in my whole life, it's, it's still terrifying to show up to a golf course I've never played at because I don't know how I'm going to get treated there, what the vibe is. Yeah. Exactly. You don't know.
1: It's so funny you bring that up. I like, like, so Liz, our mutual friend, Liz, like she, in many ways, like she does not, (laughs) Lord knows, does not (laughs) present as, you know, the regular golfer. And we've talked about this a little bit. And Mm -hmm. she, she mentioned something about sort of like wearing a polo uh, at the golf course. And I know like it's become in vogue, like people like wear hoodies at the golf course. Like I don't wear a hoodie on the golf course because Mm. I'm pretty much always going to wear a polo because I don't want to fucking deal with it. Like I just like, Mm. I'll just show up in a polo and it's dry fit. It's pretty comfortable. Like whatever. Like I'm, I'm not averse to a collar. So like, I don't feel really out of place wearing a polo and like, whatever, man, like if I'm not going to have to deal with it at the pro show, because I, I played, with a buddy of mine, um, I played the nicest golf course I will ever play, ever, um, earlier this summer with a buddy of mine. And I was wearing a polo shirt, but the, we showed up and the guy who did the bag check and checked us in, like, looked at me and did the thing where he kind of, like, grabbed his waistband and he kind of, like, floated it and kind of that, like, buddy, like, tucked that shirt in. You know what I mean? And it's just like, and, and I honestly, I didn't even really think about it. I just I had a polo on and I was like whatever I'm good and I was I didn't end up playing but my girlfriend's dad's country club I almost played the timing didn't work out and I you know I looked at the dress code and it was like the classic like mm-hmm. no no elastic waistbands right no like fucking like, jeans I, like yeah, <laughs> no, no it jeans, actually says God. that no
0: no fucking jeans <laughs> no no comfort and
1: then, <laughs> the dress code no cover under
0: cover yeah starch, the, the dress code everything. stuff.
1: I mean, we, like, <laughs> we all know, like, how the dress code is in golf and, like, what it is and, like, yeah. what it's about. And, like, that is one of the things where it's, like, if it's just one less thing that I have to, like, worry about to, like, fit in, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. you'd love to be able to say that, like, you know, you'd love to be able to st- step on the the tee at the range and just smoke one. And, like, nobody mm-hmm. cares that you're, you know, wearing a hoodie or, or wearing sweatpants or whatever, um, and I actually I don't have uh, real like golf pants. Golf pants. I when it's cold I wear sort of these like fleece-lined sweatpants because boy, it's fucking cold. And I do every time I show up to a course in those pants. I'm like, man, like I might get called on it. And so I often yeah. wear golf shorts under that, like just in mm-hmm. case,
0: mm-hmm.
1: just in case. And that's something that like I've played. 100 rounds of golf you know what i mean like i like this, I, I know my way around the decorum pretty much but mm-hmm. the dress is the one thing that is just like it, let me let's take one thing out of their quiver and and, and let them right, let right, them right. not have it you know what i mean yeah, like let's not never. let them have that
0: yeah and even that move of the pro shop attendant or the, the bag boy whatever whoever it was who you know floated his belt it's completely obliterating Even though he, in his mind, is doing you a solid, is like saying, like, hey, bro, like tuck in your shirt. It's completely obliterating. That is incredibly violating, emotionally violating to be like, the way that you're showing up to this place is not in keeping with our golf course. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And petition to create a better fucking way to tell people that if you have these rules at your golf course, that you should stick to them. Let's maybe come up with a better system of communication (laughs) so that that even is not like completely emotionally abusive. Yeah. Because I've been in that situation too. And like, you never feel lower as a person than when you are made to feel as though you don't belong by based on what you look like. And I know I'm fully preaching to the choir here, but you know, like Drew said, it, it happens to everyone on, on very different levels. And, and it's, it's disgusting and violating and, and, we need to come up with a better way to to enforce that or just not enforce it at all. All in favor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'll, I'll
3: totally hear with you, man. Like, and, and Drew, you used the word survival. And yeah. that, that really stuck with me because that, Richard, everything you were just saying, bro, like the mental gymnastics that you have to go through just to make sure that you show up to this place that you've never been and you're giving... You're trying to, like you said, take them out of the quiver. Get, give them nothing to to even think about to call you on. That's that. Like, yo, we shouldn't be jumping through hoops like that just to lose three balls on a fucking way too expensive <laughs> golf course. Anyway, like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, we're paying
2: you to be here. Also, <laughs> right. this we're is right. a game. Right. <laughs> like, it's a fucking game, man.
1: I like it's right. golf is everybody, everybody rolls their eyes at hashtag grow the game. That's what we should. Yeah. But like, I think golf, like golf culture, and golf in general, like there is this like incredible, like just like holding firm to the traditions of the game and the way it's always done and all that kind of stuff. And, and you get that across all sports. It's just as bad in baseball, sucks in baseball too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But like it, like the, in golf, it's, we want you to come. We want you physically person of color to be on our golf course, participating in this thing. I think everybody more or less in golf at, to the highest level will admit that more people playing golf is good for golf and that we need women people of color yada 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 come and play but you're not going to do anything to accommodate them or welcome them or acquiesce to them or be inviting to them and so like what is it that you're doing here like you want the body count of the game to increase, but you're not going to do any of the work to, to, right. to make that palatable or, or make yeah. that inviting or comforting or anything for those people and that for me. Is a very frustrating thing about golf, just like it's a frustrating thing in college football where somebody scores a touchdown and they're supposed to act like they've been there before instead of dancing because scoring a touchdown is fucking difficult. And if they want to express themselves
0: and it's fun and
1: and, and if they want to express themselves and it's fun because
0: it's a fucking game
1: and there's 90,000 people and there's a level of dopamine that you will never understand. And so, yeah, man. If the young man wants to twerk and spin the ball, like, come on, go on. And so, you know, it, it's that. It's it's bat flip culture in baseball. It's you know all that all that stuff that 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 is in you know this sport or that 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 upholds a very certain narrow status quo. Golf just has it in spades because it's golf.
2: Let's uh, let's segue into the meat and potatoes. Yeah, let's do it. All right, uh, Richard, you and our, our beautiful co-host, Connor, you guys took home the trophy at Innes. Yes, so sir. Next year, next year Golfers Journal, you're, you're headed back. There's a champion's dinner. What is on your menu for the champion's dinner? Ooh. And you can pick anything from anywhere, from any time in your life for this. Meal. I can be on the menu. Connor, Connor, Ooh, yeah. sushi, off of, sushi it off of Connor's body is on the table.
1: I just, <laughs> I, I I just want to be clear. I just want to be clear with the audience. Connor and I did the fucking thing at the outing at Ennis. Uh, I believe we were God, baby, minus man. minus seven net one by a stroke on net. Your boy was on fire. For the front nine. Out of your mind. I Out shot 37 mind. on the front, yeah. I think. Um, yeah. Shot 37 on the front. Connor brought us home when it it was so hot. Oh, my God. I was like I so hot. Um, Connor brought we us home. and the, the most insane greens I've ever played and will ever play. But we got the job done. I, I will start with dessert. I'm not a big dessert person, but my mother's banana pudding is It. I mean it just mm-hmm. is it mm-hmm. for the appetizer i am a like degenerate charcuterie person mm. like i Let's go. like i f- i finished off a like wedge of brie before dinner tonight like I, it's bad yes. like give if us you, the
0: gabagool.
1: if you put it in front of me <laughs> like if you put it in front of me i am eating it um i have no portion control when it comes to charcuterie so the most elegant salami prosciutto uh, no prosciut. prosciut. I'm a big I'm a big sopressata guy oh, um, for,
3: oh,
1: for cheese I love love a soft cheese bury me in soft cheese um, <laughs> so that's what we're doing that's for a, an that, appetizer. That, is, that is the
2: episode title bury me in soft cheese
1: Richard Johnson
2: gets buried in gets soft, buried in soft <laughs> cheese
1: <laughs> Boom, episode title. We did it. Um, um, accompaniments. Um, Got to have a great wine selection. Um, I'm a wine guy. Got to have a great wine selection, so wine and cheese to a start. And then for dinner, like it, it, I'm kind of agnostic to an extent um, for the main course, which is kind of interesting. You wouldn't really think that. Um, but just, dude, like it's kind of basic, but just dry age of steak for me. Give me a lobster oh, mac yeah. and cheese Let's go.
2: Yeah. and hit me oh, up with God. like
1: a, a, a give me like a, a charred corn, maybe like a succotash action on the side. Like, let's mm. let's keep it kind of yeah. basic. Like, let's Delightful. play the hits, yeah. but let's play them very, Hell very dude. well.
2: I mean, I like, play them you know, well. Aged steak, lobster mac charcuterie, like, damn.
0: What's not to I'm, like? I'm coming. I'm coming. All, at all RJ wants for his championship dinner is a good conversation and another trophy you damn right yes we'll be back we will be honestly back. Mm. like i i would take me and you like we should we should think about entering some more tournaments because we
1: did damage yeah dude we were on it that day we're the absolutely on an
0: all-time high the tunes the w- were good it was also it was also um premiership championships yes sunday.
1: it was Premier League and championship sunday yeah
0: and my my Leeds United were on the hook; they were potentially going to get relegated. They lost. I mean, they won. They they stayed up. And your Spurs were on the verge of making it to to Europe, to the Champions League. They won. So yes. everything came up, Connor and Richard that day. Mm.
1: It was in a, a truly incredible day. I like. I had never really. i never played. Not never. I, I played in a couple like you know g- kicking up kicking around scrambles before but i never really played in a golf tournament like that where like pretty much everybody there is like golf people like in some way shape or form like good to decent like that was like a lot of really out there yeah. it was <laughs> there were golf guys <laughs> out there um, shout out to the yeah shout out to the lady uh, who hit the hole g in one Shout out to yeah. the lady who hit the hole in one with a five wood on her second swing of the day, basically. Oh, um, must be nice. Yeah. Shout out to her. She yeeted it right um, into the hole. Yeah, it was incredible. I also, if you if you spend enough time with me, you will know that like one like one of the just like phrases that I will give people shit about is like uh don't be scared to compete. Like I, I will use that turn of phrase and like Ooh way too many like different settings. like our buddy is not playing with us on sunday he might flip the switch with that one he's yeah. <laughs> one of our richard, richard is, brought
0: the college football energy to the golf tournament and it was, yes. i was fucking here for
1: it he's we playing it. Uh, or he's our buddy is going to the beach on sunday instead of playing with us and i texted him i was like man you're scared to compete fucking scared to compete and like <laughs> i <Damn. laughs> I like Damn. we're like we we be gambling and we be doing the whole nine yards. So I was not scared to compete that day inflamed by competition. And we got the job
0: done. I love it. That was so fun. And I can't wait to run it back.
1: Um, RJ, what are some of your favorite golf smells? Uh, favorite golf smell is I, I have actually been thinking about this today. Favorite golf smell is the grill room at the turn when you're going to get two glizzies and a gatorade woo. because the woo. front a nine a
0: couple of tube be, steaks
1: because the front nine didn't go well and what's gonna turn it around is this fucking processed meat that's been sitting on a roller oh, yeah. for two and a half hours Blizzy goon, in a stale yeah. bun that's gonna get me right coming home baby oh,
0: no bites No bites. Just slide it down. Just
3: suck it down. (laughs) I
0: just (laughs) down the gullet to the gullet. Gum that Uh. thing to death.
2: (laughs) I mean, nothing hits like a nothing hits like that turn dog though. So I mean, we we feel you. We feel you.
0: The high processed pork missile. (laughs) Rollers.
1: (laughs) Rollers is the best. Uh, A a you know a, a grill. That's the classic. But like gas station rollers, like that is that's yeah. the way that's the way it's supposed to be. What done. goes on your hot dog? I'm, I am I am a tradi- Okay, so I thought I was a traditionalist, but apparently it is uncouth to put ketchup on a hot dog these days. So the streets tell me. But says- point, point me at him. Yeah, ketchup ketchup and mustard ketchup and it mustard is Chicago. all you need. Chicago no sauerkraut. Chicagoers
2: no shit. They put, pickles no on onion. Their, they put pickles on their hot dogs. None of that shit,
3: man. No sir.
2: Nah. nah. I am a mustard um, myself, but it's fine. Mustard, yeah. I don't I don't I don't really Honestly, I don't like ketchup, but I, this I don't, is good, I don't this care is if you a good do.
0: This might be a good meat and potatoes addition, is what's on the what's on the dog. W I T D.
2: What's on the turn dog? What's on
0: W O T D. What's on the dog.
3: W O T D. What's
0: on the What's on the Glizzy?
2: Yeah, W O T G. tog Yeah, actually, we have we have two new segments we need to implement. What's in your pocket and what's it on your dog? Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, what's yes. in the
1: pocket? Um, what, what's I in am... the pocket
2: is is patent
0: pending. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 sti- yeah. Yeah. Please what's in don't. Please don't steal that. In your you know golf pocket. Fuck it. Fuck it, let's roll okay. it out right, right now. What's in your pockets? There's, there's the pockets, no. I'm just
1: Richard. during golf. I am <laughs> phone. I am phone in my right pocket. Um, in my left pocket, I am right front X. Right front, yes. Um, I am wallet, keys, everything in the golf bag. Um, but during the round, I am Arcos uh, sensor attached. I, I forgot about that. Button. Arcos sensor attached. To the front left pocket. Yep. Uh, I am then. Uh, I, I am then the reload golf ball in my left pocket, which I hopefully will not need. And then I am divot tool and whatever um, ball marker I fished out of my bag first in my left pocket. Hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Where does the glove go?
1: The glove goes in the back right.
0: Back right. Back, back. right. And you yeah. do not putt with a glove on, correct? No,
1: I do not putt with a glove on. I do everything but putt with a glove on. I chip with a glove on. I do everything except putt with a glove on. Yes. Right, right, okay. right, right,
2: right. All right.
0: Well answered. Our first, That's our first what's, ever What's in the, the P.
2: Yeah. What's
3: in the P? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. When you were I, – I know that uh, golf came to you later in life, uh, but – Let's say the uh, the high school graduate. You played football, you know, middle school, high school. Didn't have college aspirations. So let's say the version of you that had just graduated high school realized football is not it, and you and you look toward golf, and you fast forward and you see what you're doing now in golf. Um. What do you think if y'all played a round of golf together? What do you think the conversation would be like? What would y'all talk about? Hmm.
1: Hmm. Wow, I like. I think the, I think I probably ask myself where I got these clubs that are objectively way too expensive. Shout out to the fitting. Mm. Um, <laughs> everybody get fit. Um, I think the question would probably be, where did you golf? Where have you golfed? Because even like, because I'm a sports fan and a, a golf, you know, a, a, was a golf watcher. Um, like I knew, like, obviously Augusta's sick, like St. Andrews is sick. And like beyond that, you know what I mean? Like when they go to, you know, whatever course it is, like I would sort of, you know, pop up a YouTube video and like, look at the course or whatever. Um, you know, I, I played Tory Pines last year and like, I'd probably talk to my, you know, further self or older self about that. Um, and that kind of stuff. I also think, <laughs> I think my younger self would probably ask if I joined a country club yet, because at that point in time, like that's the only way yeah, I thought that's how you, you know, that's how you play golf right. pretty much. Um, yeah. And so I probably asked myself that. Um, I think I would definitely be surprised with, how into it I have gotten like I definitely did not I I didn't even really know that it was possible to be as invested and into it as I am like I didn't I didn't really set out to do that I didn't set out to play in high school or play in college like I I just set out to be social with it and so I, I think I would be very like if I told my 20 year old self that, yeah, like, there are going to be some nights where you're just going to, like, smoke some weed and watch, like, three hours of Rick Shields videos, like, on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that the 20-year-old version of me you're would like, be like, the what, fuck? what is wrong with you? <laughs> um, the rabbit holes and all that sort of stuff that you, that you can get down into and stuff like that. I, I think that is, like, what the past version of myself would sort of be, w- would ask me
0: man I, I connected so much with the the first thing. Where have you played? Yeah, I think that I, I mean it's such a juvenile question in the most beautiful way possible. right. Where have you been?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the game takes you to some <clears throat> the game takes you to some very interesting places. And I think in this last year or two, meeting some people, hmm. random people. Like I, I went to, um, I went to South Carolina to do a story on, uh, on South Carolina's new quarterback and I had an extra day in Columbia. And so I like tweeted, like, I'd love to play in the area. And this guy who listens to one of my podcasts, like tweeted back. He was like, Hey, I'd love to like, take you out to Aiken. And so I played Aiken golf club. And like Aiken Golf, like I would, uh, Aiken was such a treat, and I had heard about it. And and that's like now sort of being in this like tangential golf culture and sort of learning about like the cool golf courses. You know what I mean? Um, and I in, in February I took myself on like an end of season like vacation right after the Super Bowl, which is right my birthday is like right after the Super Bowl, and so. Fucked off for a week, went to Phoenix and just like played like four. I went by myself and like played like four courses and like just like took like a solo vacation, which is a solo vacation is like weird. Like people don't really do that. But that was like (laughs) really that was really neat. And I like kind of am I'm not a loner, but I have lived alone for a while. I'm an only child. Like I'm I'm good with just by myself type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I went out to Phoenix and like, I did that and, and the, the places that the game takes you, like mm-hmm. I would move to San Diego, California fucking tomorrow because last year I played Coronado, Balboa, uh, uh, Torrey Pines and Rams Hill. Like mm-hmm. I, if, if you made me move, if you asked me where would you move to tomorrow, probably San Diego, like Bass, insane. Man. So, like when yeah. when I'm going somewhere on a trip, a work trip, a trip for pleasure, what have you? Like, what are the golf courses in the area? Like, is there anything public on the top 100? Like, is there anything like sick that's like that the that our friends at the Fried Egg have like made a video about? Like, you know, yeah. what what is the court like that? Like, and and thinking about like the United States and like uh, you know, I guess by extension, like the world mm-hmm. by like where the sick golf course is at near wherever you're going like it's a very just like funny way to like view geography and like I, we have a friend my girlfriend me and my girlfriend have friends that um live in ireland during the summer and like i'm trying to make a move next summer for sure for sure so the places the places that the game takes you are are fascinating and the people that you meet within it and and I didn't I kind of didn't really get the whole like, you know, me because, because also up until I think pandemic era me, I did not really talk on the golf course to other people. I was kind of a lot more especially if I was in a group of my friends. Yeah. Especially if I was in a group, my friend's a little bit different. But like if I was paired in a random group, like I didn't really do the song and dance of like, what do you do? Who yeah. do you work for? Because I work in something that everybody's interested in and that everybody has an opinion on and that mm. can get kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. So I tend to actually not really do that in mixed company.
3: Self-preservation. <laughs>
1: that's the key. But the people that you meet, that has been something that I've actually kind of a little bit embraced the last like year or two. And that has also been really fun. And that's kind of unlocked golf in like a little bit of a different way for me. Yeah. I'm, tr- I'm trying to bro. I'm trying get in there.
3: I can't, I, I, I kind of look at it. Like I'm like the, the baby who's like, your parents are like telling you like, look, this is your, your aunt, your, your, your uncle drew. Look, don't you love him? And you're, and the baby's like, <laughs> Who,
2: who's that <laughs> fuck is this yeah, man? Like, I,
3: I know you're telling me but like all right um all right i guess i'll go
0: <laughs> i just want to say i feel like this um the four of us i think would travel very well i think i think we should try and make that happen at some point hey uh, i think we a should little, a little trip um
2: let's com- hit rj with the better room. help
0: moment of
1: Yes, a lot go of golf go in Wisconsin.
2: Wisconsin, Richard. Please come visit. All yeah. right, you got a place.
1: Is that is that that's where yeah. that's where Sand Valley is? Correct. Sand
2: Valley, Aaron okay. Hills, Aaron Whistling Hills. Straits, Laconia,
1: uh, the the, Lockwoodville.
2: Lock, Lock yeah, man, come on, come I'm, on through.
1: I'm picking up. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Come through. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we love Big 10 football. I mean, I know famously. you're an
2: SEC guy, but I'm a Big Ten guy, so you know we can we can still talk. <laughs> <laughs> we got the corn-fed people out here.
1: Yeah, exactly, we got That's we right. got
2: we, yeah. country nice. we got those uh, offensive. Uh, we got we got offensive linemen out here. You know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um.
0: Let's hit RJ with our BetterHelp moment of clarity. I, yet again, am without my cards. So if either of you have... Oh, Drew's got the stacks.
1: Drew, Brad, that's the stack. Oh, you got the stack. Tell, me
2: when to st- tell me when to stop. You tell did, me when you... to stop.
0: Gustin stacks. <laughs> stop. So, RJ, just for your... Okay. For your, um, I'm going to cut that. Um, RJ, just for your... <laughs> RJ, for your clarity, your moment of clarity, um, this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the online therapy platform that connects you with therapists online and every episode we do a better help moment of clarity we have these intention cards that have one word on them Uh, either brad or drew will pick a card for you and you'll react to it you'll have 30 seconds we
2: have a relaxation
1: that is what i am going to do uh this weekend in spades i have a couple friends that are coming in town to stay with me um tomorrow evening and i have been absolutely grinding on a six thousand word uh story for the website so i at five o'clock tomorrow i will be clocking out and taking them to dinner and completely fucking off for the entire weekend so yes i will oh be relaxing Lord, you're gone hell yeah. hard. you earned it That's and then i will d- moment of clarity and then on Sunday I'll be doing the most stressful part about my life, that, you know, walking around eighteen holes and slapping a white ball around. <laughs> <laughs> go to betterhelp.com slash
0: GGT and you'll get ten percent off your first month of service. Uh, da, 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 da. Thank you very much, BetterHelp. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um I gotta ask one on the way out because I'm making it a point to compile all mm. of our answers mm. in, Let's a, go. in a shareable. Mm. Go off, Brad. Um, you're walking to the first tee at Ennis, and your name is being announced through the speech. Richard Johnson to the first uh, tee, please. <laughs> what song do you want them to play as you walk up to the first tee?
1: Wow. The walk-up song. I am I, I'm so bad with this question. I, like, I'm so bad with this question. I don't know, man. Just play like bad and bougie. There are no wrong answers. Play, let's play bad and bougie.
2: Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Nice. I mean, that, that's All right. that, going that's, on the playlist. <laughs> I, I I don't hate it.
0: We like to end these sessions like you would a normal therapy session. By reflecting on it, by figuring out what you what you might take away. What do you uh how do you feel about the the last hour and a half that we've spent together and what will you what will you take into the world out of this session?
1: I like the I think the experience in general. Um, I I obviously do a lot of podcasting um myself. I listen to a ton of podcasts. Like when people ask my walk-up song, I'm bad at answering it because frankly, I listen to more podcasts than I do music. Um like first of all, like I'm honored to guess, like legitimately honored to guess. Like I think that what you guys have, and I think I've told Connor as much, what you guys have is so rare in the golf space, in the sports space, and also in the like guys who host a podcast space as a fellow guy who hosts a podcast with guys. (laughs) Um, Like it's, this is so, this is so beautiful and so unique. Um, And it's, it, it has already, you guys don't realize it's already brought people together. Like I've already met people who listen I I had a chance encounter with some guy who I played with in a foursome who we got to talking and he listens to Maya and Liz and listens to you guys. And it's just, you guys are building something that I think is so cool, creative, unique. And I like, it has been so great to get to know Connor. It's so great to finally be able to talk to you, Drew and Brad and and just like be a, a small part of it and, and continue to, to watch it grow and, and, count yourself as hopefully one of the biggest fans moving forward of what you guys do. It's, it's, this has been awesome. Wow. We are recording,
2: right? (laughs) (laughs) That's that's just going to be our new uh, intro. intro. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, man. That's, that's, thank you. That's that's humbling. That's uh, truly, uh, truly honored Richard. That's, that's amazing
1: yeah guys i uh i've really enjoyed it and uh can't wait to play some golf